Texas is two and one, but now we enter the crucial part of the season, Big 12 conference play. Welcome to Football on the 40. On this episode, we will recap last week's game and preview the upcoming Texas Tech game, take a peek into the betting corner, spoiler, Kev is doing very poorly, and hear a particularly interesting mailbag question. Joining the show are our regulars, Kevin Mathis, Bowen Kai, Andrew Harris, and I'm Jake Robinson. But tonight, we also have a special first-time guest joining the show. We welcome Mr. Samuel Austin Allen, 2016 UT grad, but also 2019 Texas Tech law grad, to give his unique take on what game day will look like in Lubbock. Sam, welcome to Football on the 40. What did you think of this last weekend's game? Meh. Eh, you know. You know, UTSA is a good team. I, I'll, I'll give it to them. It's kind of weird to say that because it's UTSA, right? Like, they're not usually a good team, but Jeff Trailer's done pretty good things with them. So, you know, it's uh, – how do I feel about how Texas played? You know, it turned out okay. I didn't like our start. I thought that, you know, Hudson Card is doing okay. Never been the biggest Hudson Card fan. It, for no reason other than just the eye test. I can't say I've actually sat here and looked at his statistics. I may have been really good. Y'all probably have them all figured out by now, studied, so you can give your educated input on how that game went. But eye test alone, meh, he's up some card. He's fine. He gets the job done. Maybe his ankle is affecting him. I'm ready for Quinn Ewers to come back. I also kind of want to see Charles Wright play. I don't know. I saw an Instagram video that was hyping him up, and it got me really interested. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Kind of what – y'all think Quinn is going to be back soon? I keep looking online to see if there's any kind of topics or any or any any discussions that might be leaked, like, oh, Quinn's going to be back next game, or, oh, no, he's not going to be back for a few games. I don't know. Sark keeping this real quiet. Sark said today he was practicing air quotes, but no one knows exactly what that means or how involved he is. Um, but I get the hunch that he might be back sooner than four weeks, which was the initial prognosis. Yeah, yeah I think I think safe safe to say um, West Virginia. I I definitely think there's a chance this week he plays, but we'll see. We'll we'll probably figure it out later later in the week. Yeah, sure. Sark mentioned. I think today when he was like, "Yeah, Quinn's practicing," that after that injury, he couldn't lift his arms above his head for like a day. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That's scary. So, but he's doing good. That's what's important, right? Yeah, I saw something that like Sark was going off on one of the reporters saying, like, y'all keep trying to poke the bear, asking me if I'm going to tell you what the QB is look, what the QB depth chart is looking like. But I'm not going to tell you. If I wanted y'all into my practice, seeing my QBs take snaps, then I would let you into my practices, but you're not allowed into my practices. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was funny. Uh, it was great. Uh, I thought the one, like, obviously, I think the one moment that just overshadows the entire game was just the absolutely atrocious targeting call on Overshown. I, I it just can't wrap my head around how in the world they would have called something like that targeting. And, and it was Booth initiated. They didn't even call it on the field. So that means they the replay officials saw it and then made them go look at it and then confirmed it. Right. And they're saying, like, what? He was a defenseless player or something, right? Yeah. The QB in the pocket with the ball 
he's rushing back there to hit the quarterback with the ball before he throws it, and that's a defenseless player. Yeah. I mean, yeah, actually, what I, what what are D linemen supposed to do now if that's going to be the rule? So I have a question um, for any rules experts, probably Andy on this. So, so for the first time this year, if you are ejected in the second half for targeting, you can appeal the ruling to the to the conference officials. Do we do we have a timeline on that? When is that decision made? Does anybody know how that process works? So. By the time the this pod airs out, we'll probably know. So um, people listening to this will probably already know the decision. It actually, I learned this today. It the Big Twelve just acts as an intermediary. Um, they just send it to this third party like officiating group that does it for all the conferences. So if it doesn't come back successful, it's actually not the Big Twelve's fault. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's I don't know. I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting, and then um, yeah, I don't know. Demo has had a interesting last couple of days. What are y'all's thoughts about the incident that he had with the with the arrest that he had back in December? So maybe, maybe just for context, like what happened today exactly? I mean, so. I, I'm a little fuzzy on the details, so y'all please step in uh, I, if I'm missing something. It came out today, like this afternoon, that he was arrested for pot in Van Sant County, which is, I don't know, three hours, four hours from campus, which they had practice this morning. So everything was kind of confusing about the details. Um, it was less than two ounces of pot. Um and then later, about like an hour later, we figured out that the arrest happened in December, but it didn't get booked until today. I don't understand how that really makes sense. Y'all yeah. probably have a better understanding of that. Um, essentially, it's a non-story. It's been taken care of internally, but For, I don't know. Fortunate, what... Fortunately, we have an attorney on the podcast. Sam, how does that <laughs> <Hey>. work? <laughs> my, my understanding is, I, I don't know what his sentence was. Maybe he got probation or like deferred adjudication, which is just where you aren't actually. So probation is when you're actually found guilty on the crime and then you get to do some kinds of community service or some other kind of activity, paying a fine. And then if you actually complete it, then they uh, dismiss the charge or let me see if I'm getting that right. I think that's right. And then deferred adjudication is when you, it's before you're found guilty and you're given an opportunity to do whatever it is, community service, pay a fine. And if you complete it and the, the charges are dismissed and you were never actually found guilty. So there's no actual uh, conviction on your record. I'm not sure which one this was, but whatever it was, it sounds like a term of the deal he took was he had to come back and I guess do a walkthrough of the jail. I didn't know that was a thing they actually did, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds kind of like a get scared to me. It sounds like a get scared straight kind of thing. Hmm. And just and just for complete context, if this had happened in Austin or Travis County, there would have actually been nothing happened because in Austin, Austin Police Department and Travis County Sheriff's Office do not arrest or fine for marijuana possession under two ounces. Yeah. So it's just a Texas two four seven reporter tweeted that out right incorrectly. It was, an, it was a national oh. national two four seven reporter. Yeah, okay. that, that was the follow up. He did the he did the walkthrough today, and I guess the paper 
because of that, the paperwork was pushed through and that's when some reporter picked up on it who wanted to decide that he knew what it meant to be charged with a crime. And he, I feel like it was corrected within like two or three hours of that initially coming out. I heard somebody texted me what Sark, Sark corrected it. And then Demo posted a screenshot of a DM that he got. It was an apology from the reporter, but Andrew's right. A lot's been kind of up and down for him lately. Cause if we think back to the Bama game, he was involved in that targeting slash safety pandemonium in the end zone. He, he had the birth of his first child on Friday last week or Thursday before the game mm-hmm. gets another, you know, speculative targeting, targeting call this game. And we're all waiting for a story about whether or not Sark has appealed it and he's been ruled eligible for the game. And then out of nowhere, this whole drug scene comes on and we're like, Oh my God, I thought this was going to be like the downfall of the team. I was like, they're going to drug test everyone. We're going to lose the tag. (laughs) Long Long story short, the drug thing is not really a thing and it's not an issue whatsoever. So we go back to hoping he's back. Jake Jake and Bowen, just real quick. Can y'all share how the experience was in the stadium this week? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Going back to the, going back to the game. I agree. I think the team was off to a slow start. I feel like, you know, we heard in Sark's press conference that he he referred to the crowd and, and the team as being needing to be more of a thermostat and not a thermometer, which I thought was a great analogy. I feel like, you know, in the business world, I feel like, you know, that's like a nice, I've never heard that analogy before, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's really nice because it's pretty simple, but I, I think it was very true. And I'm glad that he called the stadium out um, the fans because it was pretty quiet. And we, we also did see a tweet that it was like the third highest attendance. Apparently it didn't pass the eye test from Jake and I's perspective. Definitely not. But, um, yeah, after a while, the crowd did get into it. I did. I agree with Sam. Like a, there were a few big momentum plays. I think a few culture plays on our end mm-hmm. really did make a difference. Um, but yeah, credits UTSA their their QB was so shifty. Um, I saw that we created like over 30 like pressures on the QB and like I think in any other game we would have gotten multiple multiple sacks but um yeah credit to him they played really well and their tight end was a unit that guy was mm-hmm. huge I looked him up afterwards he was like 290 or something 70 pounds like, 270 yeah, yeah. He, got, he had like <laughs> three targets or four targets in the game yeah they threw everything at us and they executed their game plan kind of to the T I watched some of trailers post game because I'm just enamored with him. Um, and he said <laughs> that they knew that they would need things like an onside kick and a double pass to get ahead because in his words, he was factoring in the the talent level difference on the roster. So he knew some trickeration would be necessary, but they scored on that double pass. And then I think either immediately did the onside kick and like watching it at home, I'm thinking to myself before they kicked that, like this might be onside and they just executed it perfectly. So the pressures had to be a factor for, I think they had two offensive linemen get injured during the game. Um, and like, yeah, again, in the, in the post game trailer was just speaking to how damaged his roster was. He said across his team, there's six MRIs after the Texas oh, wow. game because yeah. so many of his players were injured. So they took a beating, but we responded well to the adversity. Yeah, the, the third, the latter half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter were really good. Um, mm-hmm. I agree though with Bowen. It was, it was like eerily quiet in the first half. Not, I mean, like 
quieter than it was against Louisiana Monroe, quieter than a normal home game in a not great team coming off of him. It was just strange. Um, and I was worried. I was very worried in the first half. I sent some, some texts to y'all. <laughs> I, I did not, I did not fully believe in the, the comeback, but we were down 17, seven and then went on, I think a 30, 31 to three run or something like that. So that was good. Um, and also, uh, our friends in front of us, Jake and Macy, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, my girlfriend is Macy. And then there's this couple that sit right in front of us that are Jake and Macy. Macy got to come to the game. So that was a lot of fun and we got to take a picture with them. So, um, shout out to y'all. Cause I know y'all all listen to the pod, but the universe, it was a fun, it was still a fun universe game. Was all in, in proper synchronization. It was good. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the recap from last week's game. We're going to move on now into a new segment. I'm going to hand it over to Kevin. Uh, introduce this this uh, rotational segment this week. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, we want to give Sam some dedicated time on this podcast to um, help us understand Texas Tech as a school, um, the ins and outs of Lubbock, and you know some of his experiences going to games in Lubbock to – uh, you know, set our expectations for what we're going to see at 2.30 this Saturday. Um, so background on Sam, we all went to school together at UT, um, same year, graduated same year. Sam lived with, you know, various configurations of this group throughout college. So we know Sam very, very well. He's now uh, an attorney. I have Sam on retainer for any and all of my traffic violations. And yeah, Sam, thanks for joining us. We want to kind of just hear about um, your experience at Tech. So give us some background in into what you think about Lubbock. Alcoholics, every one of them. <laughs> give us, great, give great us great place for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were there for three years, is that right? Yeah, I was there three years, 2019 to no, I'm sorry, 2016, 2019. It's a I blur, left in huh? 2019. <laughs> it dude, it's all just one big blur. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's the tailgating scene like there? Are they are they doing like parking lot tailgating? Did you have one that you went to frequently? Oh yeah, law school always put on their own tailgate. So it's a little different from Austin, right? Austin, it's all it's Austin, it's crowded. Everything's kind of cramped together. So I feel like all the tailgates are real spread out. The bigger ones kind of have their own big space, smaller ones are a little further away and they're fun. They're fun to go to, but it's always kind of a long walk to the stadium and so on and so forth. Tech, I mean, it's Lubbock, Texas, right? So there's a ton of space and a ton of parking space. So at least for student organizations, and this is where the law school would do theirs, they, they call it Raider Gate, which is just like, imagine, I guess it's not really the Bob Bullock parking lot anymore, is it? But where the Bob Bullock parking lot used to be, imagine like, four of those all kind of next to each other forming a square maybe mm -hmm. even a little bigger and it's just that massive area that the school blocks off and is dedicated only to student run organizations to host their tailgates so you kind of drive into it and there's this big barrier that says raider gate and everyone's got their tailgate set up and there's just a lot of alcohol at these tailgates. So how, how would you compare the maybe the enthusiasm from the student base at Tech to your experience at Texas? Is it pretty similar? Are they doing different things in the stands? 
No, they throw tortillas. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> did, do that at Texas. <laughs> did you get into the into the tortilla throwing? Did you ever th- get one on the field? I well, yes, but I never snuck them in. I you know, just never really got. Her. I never planned far enough to head to actually sneak my own tortillas in the stadium. Plus, people from behind me were all throwing them forward, so it's not like there wouldn't be one that would land at my feet that I could just kind of pick up. Uh, piece of advice though, never eat the tortillas. Did you try? Uh, how do you sneak them in? How do you sneak them in? That's exactly. (laughs) That's gross. gross. (laughs) Sam, Sam, I got to ask you a quick question about the tortilla or just about tortillas in general. Are you a flour guy or a corn guy? Andrew, is that a serious question? What's wrong with you? It's flour. Everybody's got to be flour. I, would think, your I don't know. No, you can get some good corn tortillas. I don't know, man. I feel like flour is just like straight up superior. I think for aerodynamics, you would want a tortilla that's not going to fall apart. So I would choose to throw flour for the same reason I choose to eat flour. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, that's not the question. Kevin, you asked about the student experience. So I and probably not the best representation of the student body at the games because I think that there is less than a handful of times that I stayed past the first quarter <laughs> because so and, and here's my theory here's my theory you see like I said all the tailgates are kind of far away plus like I mean there's no bars anywhere close to the stadium at least not good ones I mean you got to go to 6th street that's where the scene is and it takes a while to get there it's a mm-hmm. it's a process so you know, you're going to be better off just staying at the stadium. Texas Tech, not the same way. They got Broadway, and it's walking distance from the stadium. Plus, you got all your tailgates out there, and everyone's got their TV watching these other games. So it's just, you know, once you get past the first quarter, the game's a little slow and it's hot. It's real easy to sit. Plus, I mean, you get in just with your student ID. It's not like you got to pay for any ticket or anything. So, yeah, it's kind of tempting to just say, well, we we hope that's the mindset of the students this week because it's, uh, you know, after so, yeah. just leave. Yeah, difference. <laughs> I, the, I think the biggest difference, like, in, like, attitude toward the game, I think tech fans are just more aggressive, which I think you can see from the TV, mm-hmm. from tearing down goalposts. Tech fans are just a little more aggressive. I think, like, when I see – when I be in this UT student section, I see people from opposing teams trying to sit there. Like, UT fans weren't, like – getting up on him pushing him or screaming at him like it was a little more tame but they would also say things that were just like kind of shocking to the conscience like oh oh my god did you just (laughs) say that's someone you don't know it'd be a little bit more of a mental game till these people would just leave because they felt so crappy about themselves which i kind of thought was funny texas tech it's more you try to sit in the student section wearing the other team's colors and they all stand up like everybody stands up around you and they turn towards you. They point their finger at you and they start booing and it gets louder and louder and louder and more aggressive, more aggressive, more aggressive that you kind of have no choice. You got to (laughs) leave. I I remember, I I don't know if I was in law school at the time, but I saw some old guy that, I mean, I've seen this happen multiple times. Usually they'll just leave pretty quick. I saw some old guy that was apparently the mindset, I paid for this ticket, I'm not going to leave. And he, man, he was trying to weather the storm, but like the longer he sat there, I think they took it as an insult. 
So they just kind of started to get a little bit more aggressive and more aggressive and got to the point security came over and took the guy away from the opposing team. Wow. Instead of, yeah, instead of like, uh, well, I guess you probably couldn't settle that many people down, but it was, <laughs> a, it, it, it was a matter of safety at that point. It so became a security issue. It was a, it was a security issue at that point. I so lastly, uh, who will you be rooting for this weekend? And I guess I think I know the answer to that, but do you root for Tech at all or, or watch them at all having been there? I mean, yeah, if, it, if it's not like a game against Texas or if it's not going to affect Texas, yeah, I go for Tech. Like, whenever they – I mean, I mean, this isn't football, but, like, when they went to the Natty in 2019 in basketball, we were at uh, – it's called Law Prom. Just roll with it. We were at Law <laughs> – we were at Law Prom and they were playing the game, playing the semifinal game on this big projector. And kind of at the end of the game, nobody gave a crap about anything else going on. It was just a big group huddled up watching the game when they won. I mean, it was insane. It was really cool. It was really fun. I was so pumped for Tech, right? Texas was already out. Like, it's not like it was going to hurt Texas. So I was all about it. Now, that being said, yeah, like if Texas is playing Tech in football, I mean, come on. It's Texas, Texas, but you may Texas. not walk into the tech student section with burnt orange on, oh, from what I gather. Hell no. I'm smarter than that. I just won't, I'll just buy a ticket and go watch UT and UT colors. I just won't go to the game. It's kind of a pain in the A word to go to, uh, to the UT Texas, UT tech game because they just go really early and they camp out and it's like if, if you're not willing to do that you're not getting into the game so it's yeah. kind of not worth it but on that note i gotta say like you know we you know when we play tech like we don't like them like we don't like other teams like it's a competition but like outside of us playing them i kind of feel like the general attitude at ut is like i mean okay it's not so much that we don't care it's just really not like a it's not like the center of our focus. It's not like when OU is doing well. And we're like, God, I hate this. I hope they, I hope they lose. Oh, yeah. I hate this so much. Like, it, it doesn't really register. Not the same attack. Like, straight up, y'all, they hate UT. Like, well, <laughs> passion, passionately. Like, the way you feel about OU or A&M, it's like that for them against us. I mean, it is passionate. So, I mean, yeah, get ready for that. <laughs> Based on your insight, I hope we get up early in the first quarter, everyone leaves, and then we cover and go into, I think, the West Virginia game, right? Three to one. Three and one. Anyways, thank you for joining, Sam, and giving us that that insight, having been on campus for three years. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but stick with us for a game preview of this Saturday against Tech. Welcome back. So now we're going to go into previewing this Saturday's game. The game is uh, obviously at Tech um, in Lubbock at Jones AT&T Stadium, 2.30 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Uh, weather should be pretty nice but hot, 92 degrees, sunny, not too humid. A cold front's coming in a couple days before, so it should be pretty dry West Texas heat. Um, nothing crazy there, but Andy, let's get into the preview of the on the field stuff. Uh, real quick, do you know the wind situation for the weather? The what? The wind situation? Uh, no, I actually do not, but I will get back to you. Okay. 
Sounds good. Uh, so exciting stuff on the quarterback front. Um, Quinn, Card, Wright, Malik even all practice today. Uh, that wasn't the case last Monday. And Sark talked about um, how Quinn could even lift his arms above his head last week at this point. So um, that's encouraging that they're all recovering uh, very quickly. Um, interesting tidbit is that Tech is uh, Tech is looking like they're going to be wearing red this weekend. And since 2000, Tech has only been Texas four times. And all the times that, that they have been Texas, black was their primary color. So I don't know. I I read into these things a little too much, but <laughs> if you were if you're serious about beating Texas, your color should be black this weekend, not red. So you know, I I just uh yeah, that's a little something silly, but I, yeah. I think They've also got a new first-year head coach, so maybe Julie McGuire doesn't necessarily know about that tradition and and loses one to us in his first year. That would be nice. Yeah, Um, mistake. I did. (laughs) I did a little bit of background research on Julie McGuire because he's, in my opinion, not a household name. Um, So I found that he's been on the Baylor staff um, from 2017 through last season. Uh, most of his roles on that staff were assistant head coach and on the defense. Um, and Joey McGuire was actually the interim Baylor head coach when Matt Rule left to go to the Panthers. So clearly on that staff, he had rapport with the administration and a pretty significant role. Also, you know, Baylor's been pretty good for a few years, so he's got some chops. Um, going back in Joey's history, Similar to uh, what we spoke about with Jeff Trailer last week, he really started his career in the Texas high school ranks. Um, he was the Cedar Hill head coach for over 10 years. Fun fact, Cedar Hill's mascot is the Longhorns. Um, and he won seven district titles and three state championships there. So um, I haven't heard him you know, speak too much. I don't know what his demeanor is like, but he's got championships in his history and a lot of knowledge about the state. Um, so Tech is 2-1 and one thus far this season. They lost last week against NC State, and they've had uh, some issues at the quarterback position so far. In the first game against Murray State, Tyler Shea, um, I'm not sure if that's the correct way to pronounce his name, he went down with an injury early in the second quarter and has been replaced by their backup, um, Smith, who has gone on to throw a decent amount of touchdowns, but like seven interceptions thus far this season. So they're putting up a lot of yards and turning the ball over a ton. Um, Their rush offense is really light, which might not be a surprise about Texas Tech. They're passing the ball on almost 60% of downs and do not have a balanced attack on offense. So if we can get to this Smith guy, the backup quarterback, I think it'll be a pretty similar game to what we saw against UTSA. you know, obviously not factoring in Hudson Card's first road game, but overall, I think our defense has a great chance to uh, have another good performance against Tech. Um, yeah, Kev, I, I think you nailed it. Um, you know, with with Donovan Smith, it's interesting. He's throwing a lot of picks, and you can tell he's a young quarterback, um, just indecisive at times. Interesting watching some some of the tape on Tech. Um, their plays are a lot more slow developing than I thought they would be and what have what tech has done historically. Um, 
so that'll be interesting to see if they'll try to shift their philosophy and kind of follow what UTSA did this past week. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the reason why there's been a good amount of sacks and a good amount of interceptions is for how long uh, their plays take to develop. That is weird. That's un-tech-like. The other thing that that I was going to add about Texas Tech on the defensive side of the ball is they actually have a a really stout rush defense. Uh, They've only allowed over 100 rushing yards in one game, which was last week in their loss against NC State. And they have only allowed a a single back over 60 yards in one game this season. Um, So it'll be interesting to see Bijan and Roshan, who had huge games last weekend, go up against that rush defense. Hopefully it's not an issue, but um, Tech isn't, you know, terrible on the defensive side of the ball like we've seen in past years, and they should be a, be able to bow up a little bit to our rushing attack. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But I think overall, um, you know, there's a reason we're favored by a few, a few points, and I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll pull out the victory. Lastly, uh, shameless plug, all of us are perfect in our preseason predictions, but that will change this week because Andrew originally predicted a loss at Tech. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out on the field. Andrew, we, we shall see. We'll, we'll talk about it in betting corner coming up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Kev, for your insight. Uh, is great as always. And we're going to take a quick little break before we get into betting corner. This football on the forty episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back with another segment of betting corner. So this past week, yeah, we've covered the game. Uh, Texas covered the 11 points against UTSA. So they won by more than 11 points is what that means. Also the under hit by half a point, which is um, Jake on the podcast had that. So he was very ecstatic that the Roadrunners did not go for a a last minute field goal. Decided to just uh, start Surrender Cobra. Um, from a weekly standings perspective, Andy, first place, huge week for Andy. Second, Jake, yours truly, myself, rounding out the medal stand in third. Kevin with four in fourth place. Overall, I am I am still in first. Andy jumped all the way up to second. Jake in third. Kevin in fourth. Andy, huge week for you. What do you think was the secret to your success this week? I don't really know. I guess I'm just, you know, I, I just, I capitalized on some crucial bets, but really just kind of want to release one statement for the public audience. Jake, bend the knee. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was it's the only ca- one you got wrong, you- Andrew, the Nebraska bet? No. I'm trying to, I, I, I can't remember all my bets, but I he definitely, definitely lost that bet. Yeah, I was definitely wrong. If you listen to last week's pod, I was definitely on the wrong side of history on that one. It's a long season, Andrew, and <laughs> we're we're still in the green. Somebody's not. Yeah, the, the shame continues over here. Uh, I had a 
you know, my mom was up uplifting me via text today about this performance. So I'm hoping that, you know, her motherly instinct can help some of my choices this week. I'm trying to make nice. you proud, mom. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Mama Mathis can come in for you. Um, so looking ahead this this week, um, Texas uh, opened as five point favorites, I believe, and now it's gone up all the way to six and a half. Um, the over under is at smack dab right at sixty, um, right around where it was last week. Money line is minus two fifty, so that means you'd have to bet two hundred fifty dollars to win one hundred. So we're you know definitely favored there. Um, so yeah, we can start with that game and then we'll go elsewhere around the league. Um, we will start Jake. Let's start with you this week. What are you liking in the Texas game? I like Texas to cover in this game a lot. Actually, this is the, I feel good about this one. Um, I'm going to put four units on Texas to cover the six and a half. That's my biggest bet of any kind this season. And definitely the biggest on the horns. Woo. Nice. I like, it. I like it. Andy, what about you? Uh, so I actually don't have any bets on the game. As Kevin mentioned in the previous segment, I bet in the preseason that Tech would win um, this game. I currently feel different about the outcome of this game. I think Texas will win. If Tech, if the line was still at like four and a half, five, I was going to take Texas with the cover. But with it being at six and a half, it's making me a little uneasy. So. I'm just going to stay away, play it safe this week. And I have some other bets, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to join, I'm going to join Jake here with the over, not the over, the line bet on Texas. Um, Relative to some others, I feel like our team is increasing in our health at this point in our season. And uh, the horns are three and oh against the spread. So typically you feed the kids by betting like that on Bama, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from us so far this season. So I'm going to put three units on the horns to cover. Okay. I like it. Um, myself, I think as part of the analysis that was done in the previous segment, I really like, I really like the over this game. I, I figure special teams is good for at least one, maybe two scores. Um, so I, I think we hit that over pretty handily. I'm putting five units on the over. And that spread is a bit a bit uh, scary to me. Um, so I'm just going to take the, us on the money line. I'm going to put two units on Texas on the money line this week. Um, so, yeah, decent amount out there on, on the Texas game. We'll see if I extend my lead or if uh, that opens up opens up uh, potential opportunities for y'all to for y'all to catch up. Um, in terms of elsewhere around the league, there are quite a few notable games. Um I'm sure y'all have ones that y'all like. I called out a few of them um, here. I'll, I'll kind of go into them. Arkansas is playing AM in Arlington. Arkansas are currently two and a half point underdogs. Uh, Baylor is playing Iowa State, and they're also two and a half point underdogs despite being ranked. Um, but yeah, what else? There's there's tons of games out there. So Jake, why don't we why don't we start with you in terms of elsewhere around the league? <laughs> Yeah, I, I hesitate to go against Matt Campbell, but um, I'm going to do it. And I think Baylor, <laughs> I think Baylor's going to win outright in this game. Uh, so I want one unit on the money line for Baylor. Um, also, speaking of the money line, you know, I did this earlier this year, not on the pod, but elsewhere. Rutgers um, is. Uh, 
is like not good because Rutgers is really bad at football. But like, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling it. Iowa, they're playing Iowa. Iowa is very bad. They can't score on offense. So, you know, I think Rutgers might go take it. So I'm going to put uh, two units on the money line plus 250 for Rutgers. And then that's a seven and a half point line. And then finally, I got to do it. Michigan's done me right two weeks in a row. We're going three for three with Michigan. They're playing Maryland. Um, Maryland is 3-0. and They've looked decent. They haven't looked really tremendous or terrible. Uh, but Michigan is 17-point favorites. Their new quarterback, uh, they benched their old quarterback. Their new quarterback looks good. I like Michigan minus 17 for three units. The ghosts of Maryland continue to continue to haunt us. We'll see. We'll see if we'll see if Jake can buck that trend. Andy, what about you? What are you liking this week? So yeah, I uh, I got four bets. I'll go real quick. Um, Auburn looked like trash last week against Penn State, so I'm going to take Missouri on the money line for one unit. Uh, Missouri's not very good either, but just have a little more faith in Missouri than Auburn. Uh, UNC plays Notre Dame at home. Notre Dame barely beat Cal, and I don't think Cal's very good. So money line on UNC to win that game. USC is looking just awesome so far this year, especially on offense. They're favored, I think, six and a half over Oregon State at Oregon State. Oregon State's 3-0 right now, but I don't think it's a match for um, – I don't think it's a match for um, – for USC. So I'm going to take USC with, um, I'm going to take USC to cover in that game. And then Arkansas, I think there's some major disrespect with Arkansas. I know they did not look very good against Missouri state last week, but I think they were just looking ahead. I think people are a little high on A&M being a average Miami team, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with four units on the money line for Arkansas this week. Ooh, I love wow. that. Because I'm going to start by by countering that. I lost some money betting on AM to not cover against Miami last week. And I thought that they looked different and a little bit better on offense with their backup quarterback playing. Um, I think AM beats Arkansas handily, actually. So I'm going to put two units on AM covering that, that line there. Uh, going to the morning games, Jake, I think you mentioned Baylor and Iowa State. I am not going to go against Matt Campbell. Um, I think, you know, we've been to Iowa State. The home field advantage is sort of there for them, and they're undefeated thus far this season. So I'm going to put another two units on Iowa State. And uh, let's see. Lastly here, I'm also going to bet on Ohio State to cover, not to be confused with Iowa State. Uh, They're favored right now by it looks like 18 or so against Wisconsin at home. I think this point in the seasons where the, the Heisman hype gets really real, sounds like C.J. Stroud is doing well. And uh, I think the the writers are going to love what C.J. Stroud does on Saturday. So I'll put um, one unit on Ohio State covering. Very bold, very bold. There you go. I think I think Kevin stays in the negative this week, and I think he actually <laughs> goes worse. I hope not. <laughs> I like it. Okay, and then for me, I like – Arkansas to cover the two and a half as well. I don't really believe in AM either. Um, and I think the two and a half is, is pretty generous for a neutral site game. And then I also outside of college football, 
I feel like my Houston Texans are not getting the respect they deserve. We should have, we should have handled business against the Broncos, but you know, we're, we're, we're honestly not very good, but I definitely think we're good enough to cover two and a half against the Bears. So I'm putting two units on us covering two and a half there. Um, but yeah. All right. I think that wraps up this slate of bets. Um, so yeah, I'll make, I'll make sure to get those in. Awesome. Uh, thank you for doing that, Bowen. And we're going to move into our final segment here, our mailbag segment. I believe we have one entry this week. I'm going to hand it back over to Bowen to read that entry because I do not have access to it. Cool. Thanks, Jake. Yep. All right. We have one mailbag submission from Philip Chen. Thanks, Philip. He says, hey, y'all, I have a scenario. It's based off a situation involving real friends we know. It caused some drama within our friend group this past weekend, and we need resolution. Side note, this is great. We're always happy to chime in with our advice. So definitely, Philip, we're going to give you some rock solid advice here just as a little precursor. But anyone listening, please send us your situations. We'd love to chime in. All right. Anyway, going to the situation. If your significant other was on the opposing staff, as say maybe an assistant coach, would you ever root for that team over Texas? More broadly speaking, would there ever be a scenario in which you would cheer against Texas? Wow. Okay. So this is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty real scenario. I'd say Jake, we'll start with you as, as a, um, as someone in a relationship with maybe someone that did not go to Texas, I figure you might have some expertise in this. Um, yeah. Um, interesting, interesting question. That's difficult. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I I don't actually know the answer. I mean, to the second part, they'll ever pull against Texas. No, the answer to that is, is obviously a no. I think that's across the board, but I'd safely say, but like, I think the scenario is being presented in a way that your, your significant other is, is like making their living off of this. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. This game that would be really good for their career if they lose, if they beat Texas. So yeah, I, 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 I think I come down in this scenario that like, say, let's just say the person went to tech and you know, they're a coach. Would I wear red to the game in tech? Yes. I think it, it comes what I pull like for you, them, not in my heart, probably. Like like you said, it's not <laughs> it's not really fan value. It's like if your significant other is literally on staff making money there, you're rooting for personal monetary gain. You're rooting mm-hmm. for for success. You're not rooting for financial livelihood. Yeah. And I've flip-flopped on this kind of with Jake's commentary, but the second question here, which is is there ever a scenario in which you cheer against Texas? Yes. I was cheering against Texas at the end of the game because I knew Jake, my adversary, had the under. And if UTSA would kick a field goal, my friend would lose his bet. So I, at the end of the game, for the same principle, right? Personal monetary gain and or Jake losing. Yes. I hate you. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Oh, my Wait, let me bring up this scenario, though. What, what if your son was playing for Tech this weekend? Yeah, you know, I, Ooh, as I was... As I was giving my response to that that second question from Philip, 
initially I was like, no way. And then Andy, you know, to your point, I realized, yeah, if it was like future offspring, I think that will change. I think that would change the answer. For sure. If it was even like y'all's man, y'all's future offspring, that that would be kind of, that would be kind of, that would be kind of an interesting one too. That would uh, be tough. Are they really your offspring if they go to tech? <laughs> Again, Laurel doesn't listen to any of these podcasts. Like, don't clip this and send this to Hayes in 17 and a half years. <laughs> um, we just mean undergrad, right? <clears throat> no, I, I mean, well, everybody kind of needs to take a stand on this. What do, what do you think, um, Andy? Did you... Did you say how you feel about this no i guess i didn't uh if it was a spouse i wouldn't cheer against texas but i would i could see myself wearing the other team's colors i just probably would be indifferent uh if it was a like if it was like my son playing i think it's a different story so i kind of agree with that but i don't know did everyone else give a response briefly kind of in the background what do you think, Sam? Uh, son playing for Tech, root for Tech, period. Just, I don't know, man. That's that's something special. Like, love wife, Texas. Wife, wife is head coach at A&M, and Texas is playing A&M. What do you do? Oh, God. <laughs> that's a tough one. Honestly, I mean, that's give, me, not a, give me any other no, no. school. I pull for that school, but you no, honestly, in that, the mix. <laughs> in that scenario, you might want to pull against them because the buyout would be so big. I think that your monetary gain goes way up if they if they tank. Wow. Oh God, I think that yeah. one. I just have to. I would just have to be straight up neutral. I'm actually surprised um, we didn't have more controversy on this one, but that's a yeah, fantastic question. I, yeah. I have a little bit of insider information on where this question came from, and I, I'm not going to share anything about it, but I do know that the people that submitted the question did not necessarily agree with us. They thought you should never cheer against the horns in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm but, sorry but we the care girls, about our families. But the girls in that group felt very differently. I yeah, know you know, that. I... I think partially, I think it's, well, first, you know, so Philip, I hope these different perspectives definitely helped provide some additional, additional color. Um, I will also say like Philip, who we personally do know, and his friends are a bit younger than us. So we do have the, you know, not necessarily wisdom, but we do have the perspective of kind of coming into our, our thirties a little bit and kind of like having more of a, you know, and seriously, like more of an emphasis on like, not not monetary value, but like financial security and like making sure that, you know, we can make a living and all that stuff. So I think that that hopefully that perspective perspective does, does, now, does help you fill up. Now I just feel old and like yeah. I should it, change it, my it, mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was a great, that was a great question though, for the mailbag. Um, y'all please bring uh, send us questions, comments, uh, takes on the on the team or things like this. this. Is that was really fun? You can do that at the link in our Instagram bio at football on the forty or in our Spotify um, on our page. There's a link in the episode to do that. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this week's episode. We had a blast uh, being here with you this week, Sam. Thank you for joining us as our special guest and giving us some insight on the tech experience as well as your time at texas 
That's all we have for you. As a reminder, we come to you every Thursday throughout the regular football season. That's all we have. We'll catch you next week on Football on the 40. Book them.